appreciate it. Thank you. Because he wasn't doing a good job, very simply. He was not doing a good job. Tuesday night, news broke that President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey. The White House said they acted on the recommendation of Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Rosenstein wrote a letter to Attorney General Jeff Sessions that said Comey mishandled the investigation of Secretary Clinton's emails. The timing of Comey's termination, though, raises a lot of questions. Comey was leading an FBI investigation to determine whether associates of Trump may have coordinated with Russia to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. And the firing of Comey comes after he publicly confirmed those investigations in his testimony to Congress in March. So why exactly did Trump fire Comey? Can a president legally fire his FBI director? And what questions are left unanswered at this point? We're bringing you a special break-in episode of Can He Do That? A podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. Of course, I should note here that this is a rapidly developing story. Even as we are recording this midday on Wednesday, news is breaking. So as first reported by The New York Times, Comey requested more money and resources from the Justice Department for the FBI's investigation into the Trump campaign and Russia. And that request came just days before Rosenstein wrote that letter about Comey to the attorney general. So at this point, we don't know too much more about that. But to talk to us about what we do know more about is Matt Zapatosky, and he is the Post National Security Reporter. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, Matt, can you just walk us through the timeline of events that led up to this moment, starting with perhaps Comey's July 2016 press conference about the investigation into Hillary Clinton's email? Sure. So I'm sure everybody remembers that last year throughout the presidential campaign, this big storyline that dominated was the FBI was investigating Hillary Clinton, the former secretary of state, for her use of a private email server when she was secretary of state. In July... As that investigation was at its end, Jim Comey did something very unusual. He had a press conference at FBI headquarters without telling the Justice Department what he was about to do and announced that he was recommending Hillary Clinton not be charged in connection with that case. That's unusual, unusual, excuse me, in a number of respects. One, that he had a press conference to reveal that. Usually cases just close. Sometimes the FBI doesn't say anything about them. At best, you might get a sort of two-sentence press release saying, hey, the case is over. What was even more unusual? Unusual is that Jim Comey kind of lambasted Hillary Clinton uh, as he declared that she couldn't be charged with a crime. He said that her conduct and her aide's conduct was extremely careless. He kind of hinted that if she worked at the FBI, she might have been fired for what she did. But he couldn't find bad intent, so she wasn't charged with a crime. Okay, the case is over. At the time, the Justice Department, though, said that, you know, Comey shouldn't be the person speaking publicly about this or making that decision, that it actually was supposed to fall in the hands of somebody higher up at the Justice Department. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Generally, how these things work is the FBI makes a recommendation to the attorney general in a case like this, and the attorney general is the one to decide who to to prosecute or not to prosecute. The attorney general is the lawyer here. Now, he didn't say we're not charging her. He said, I'm recommending she not be charged, but he did it publicly, not privately, which is usually the case, and that would really handcuff. Got it. Okay, back to the timeline. So back to the timeline. Throughout the summer, this is a big issue. Republicans are very fired up that Jim Comey's come to this conclusion. They sort of cite his own comments criticizing Hillary Clinton and saying, how could you come up with all these um, details and then conclude that Hillary Clinton shouldn't be charged with a crime? Democrats say, of course, she's exonerated. Let's move past this. 
Then we get to about two weeks before the election and sort of out of the blue, he reveals to Congress, but by extension, the public, that the investigation is back on, that investigators found some emails in an unrelated case. We would later learn that that was an investigation involving former Congressman Anthony Weiner. And they had to look at these new emails. The world goes crazy again. Um, Jim Comey, a couple days before the election, reveals they didn't find anything new, case closed. But the damage is sort of already done. Hillary Clinton blames this in part for why she lost. And this announcement, much like the first, the Justice Department says is just in total violation of policies. You don't talk about ongoing criminal investigations, period. And the Justice Department has particular rules for discussing or taking any steps even, like steps that could become public in investigations that um, have to do with political candidates close to the election. So an easy way to think about this is if, if I'm running for mayor – and the FBI is investigating me. They're supposed to not sort of execute a search warrant at my house in this time frame right around the election because I might not be charged with a crime before the election and it could could affect my chances, you know, and that wouldn't be fair. If they search my home, I lost the election and then ultimately they, they found I didn't do wrong. They're supposed to hold off on these sort of things. Here you have Jim Comey just saying, hey, we're investigating Hillary Clinton again. I can get into why he said that. He sort of felt he was between a rock and a hard place. He couldn't hide information from the American people. Right. And he recently just revealed that or just used that language to describe why he made that decision in a recent testimony. Yeah. He's offered versions of this before, but he said that his choice was essentially between speaking about the case or concealing. He used the word conceal, meaning that... He also used the word lordy in his testimony. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. I mean, on one hand, he could not talk about this case. But then let's say Hillary Clinton wins a couple weeks after the election. He learns, oh, my gosh, we have to charge her. The American people would feel wronged. And he felt this would damage the FBI's credibility if he had to reveal later, hey, we were investigating Hillary Clinton again and we didn't tell you guys sorry, but now we have to charge her. His other choice, the choice he made, was to say two weeks before the election, hey, the investigation is back on and that could cause her to lose So Hillary Clinton has said publicly in recent weeks that she feels that James Comey's statement uh, on October 28th about the emails contributed to her election loss. James Comey's testimony that we just spoke about, that also happened last week. Um, This week, we saw Sally Yates testify to Congress. So the timing here has caused suspicion. It has roused suspicion over why now? Why is this decision being made now by the Trump administration? Can you speak to that? Why Why the timing seems to rouse suspicion? What is suspicious about this? The timing is so curious here because Comey's announcement that the investigation was back on was way back in October. I mean, the issue has come up, as you mentioned, in recent congressional hearings. But Comey makes this announcement in October. Trump takes office in January. If he feels or the Justice Department feels that Comey sort of irreparably damaged his own credibility, then why not fire him right when you take office? Like, why wait and wait and wait? I mean, now we're in May. You know, this is several months that Trump has been sitting with Comey. He has testified about this matter recently, but he hasn't said anything wholly new. I mean, he's added some layers of detail to previous testimony, but the the wrong was done months ago. And then just on on a Tuesday, Trump decides, I'm going to fire Jim Comey. So everyone is like, really? O- over the Clinton investigation? Like, isn't this kind of not old news because it's been in the news now, but isn't the damage already done here? And another curious thing is, 
Trump was fairly laudatory of Jim Comey's October announcement. He used it in the campaign. You can understand why. You know, his opponent was now uh, a subject in a criminal investigation again. But so on one hand, he uses it the cam- in the campaign, and then he uses it as a justification to fire Jim Comey. It's, it's pretty weird. So Comey is fired on the recommendation of Rod Rosenstein two weeks or so into his role as deputy attorney general. Who is Rod Rosenstein? Why is it important that he just entered this role? Where is he coming from? Rod Rosenstein is a a longtime prosecutor. Most recently, he had served as the U.S. attorney in Maryland. And he was a unique U.S. attorney in that his tenure spanned both Democratic and Republican administrations. He was appointed by a Republican, excuse me, by George W. Bush. Um, But then President Obama kept him on. that's kind of unusual. Usually a president comes in and replaces the U.S. attorneys, not necessarily all at once like Trump did, but they always get replaced. So that indicates to people that he's well-respected. I mean, he's a career guy. People think he has good intentions. And he is the person, as you mentioned, who authors this three-page memo laying out Jim Comey's failings on the Clinton case. He quotes a bunch of other former Justice Department officials who were critical of Jim Comey at the time this was all happening. He talks about how the FBI's credibility has been damaged. Um, And Trump uses that letter, and uh, the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, endorses it as the justification for saying, Jim Comey, you've got to go. So two questions about that. First, we say Jeff, Jeff Sessions, Attorney General, endorses it. Now, Jeff Sessions has been forced to recuse himself from any investigations involving Russia. So does this not count under that umbrella? Well, so certainly the Clinton investigation would not count under the Russia uh, investigation umbrella. But uh, Jeff Sessions had also said when he took office that he was going to recuse himself from Clinton investigations. He had been very critical of Hillary Clinton during the campaign. He had opined on this investigation. I think of particular note after Jim Comey's October announcement, this sort of controversial, the investigation is back on announcement. Jeff Sessions went on Fox Business Network and said, oh, he just he just had to do it. And now, strangely, Jeff Sessions, apparently recused from this case and who had praised Jim Comey in the past, is turning around and endorsing these findings um, as, a, as a reason to fire Jim Comey. I was pressing today Justice Department officials about that, and they said he's drawing a distinction between being involved in an investigation, like being involved in the Clinton investigation, and weighing in on conduct of the FBI director. They sort of draw a line there that says, well, the investigation was over. We're talking about the directors, the FBI director's public actions after that, and that's why he can get involved there. It's not like he's weighing in on the Clinton investigation. He's weighing in on the conduct of the FBI director. That is their explanation. It is a very fine line, and I could see people saying, well, that doesn't quite make sense. Hmm. Interesting. So my other question about those memos is we saw the letters from the attorney general, the letters from the deputy attorney general, and then this letter from Trump directly to Comey. And in that letter, and I believe it's the the third paragraph, the second paragraph, something very strange. There's some strange language from Donald Trump. It specifically says something along the lines of, although you have told me, Mr. Comey, multiple times that I am not under investigation, I still think you should be fired, essentially. 
why is that strange? Why is it strange to kind of cite the Russia investigation in this at all and, and to, to mention specifically that the FBI director has, has suggested that he's not investigated, which is something that as reporters we hadn't heard before. We didn't know that they'd had those conversations. Right. So the worst fear here is that Donald Trump is trying to shut down an FBI investigation, the investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election by firing the FBI director. That is everyone's worst fear. That's what Democrats and some Republicans are worried about. The White House's stance on this is this firing is not related to that. That investigation is going to go on. It's related to the Clinton case. So then why sort of randomly in a letter that otherwise is fine, does the president feel he has to say, thank you, Jim Comey, for telling me three times that I'm not under investigation, but I've got to fire you anyway. Like he's the one who's drawing a connection there between the Russia investigation and the firing. Rod Rosenstein doesn't do that. Jeff Sessions doesn't do that. It's it's the president himself who's the person who fires Jim Comey, who raises the specter of the Russia investigation. And that, I think, is one of the troubling things here. So one thing that Democrats are calling for right now, and even some Republicans, is an independent investigation into this whole thing. We saw an independent investigation for the Whitewater uh, investigation. We saw an independent investigation other times in history. Why haven't we seen one now? And what would it look like if we did get an independent investigation at this point? It's hard to say exactly what it would look like. I think the easiest way would be what they call a special counsel, which would be Rod Rosenstein says, you know, the Department of Justice, we can't handle this. We're a little too compromised because everything has gone on. I'm going to appoint a lawyer outside the Justice Department to supervise this thing. And then that person would run the show. You know, they probably would use FBI investigators still. I mean, you can't sort of staff up and give people the clearances they would need to do this, but they would be the person in charge. That's kind of the easiest way. I've seen it contemplated that Congress could pass legislation to establish some independent commission. That to me would not, I mean, unless they pass some serious dramatic legislation. That to me would not be an investigation that would result in criminal charges. You would need to go the special counsel route for that. But you could have some kind of independent commission formed that issues a report and tells the public what is happening. And then maybe justice could act upon that. The reason that none of this has happened so far, I think one is because we have a divided Congress and some Republicans are in favor of this, but not all are. And inside the Justice Department, Rod Rosenstein just so far has has said he feels he is confident that he can handle this, that he is an independent guy. He was asked about this at his own confirmation hearing, which was just a couple weeks ago. Um, at the time, he, of course, hadn't been briefed on the Russia investigation. But he said, look, I can't commit to appointing a special counsel because I don't know about the case. It's just something I can't commit to. And it's up to him. I mean, it's his call. It's not like he could be publicly pressed into doing it, but it's not like anybody else could. I guess the president could, but that um, that would be pretty weird. If they do appoint a special counsel from within the FBI? Oh, it would be somebody with outside of the FBI or Justice Department. It would likely be some kind of former Justice Department official, someone like that. Okay. But somebody who theoretically was appointed by another president, right? Somebody who is partisan in some way? Uh, it would be up to Rod Rosenstein. I mean, probably everybody is partisan in some way. Um, and if Rod Rosenstein picked them, which is the way it would work, I think Democrats would say, well, that person is not the right choice unless he picked a Democrat or something. I mean, that would still be fraught with controversy. It's not like Democrats are going to get to pick the special counsel here. Okay. So 
here's this immediate can he do that question, which we got from a lot of listeners, which is can President Trump can a president fire an FBI director? What's the answer to that? Legally, the answer is yes. It's only happened once before in history. President Bill Clinton fired his FBI director who was alleged to have misspent some money. There were some ethical concerns with him. It was a guy named William Sessions. Which is amazing. I saw a historical uh, headline today from The Washington Post that said Clinton fires Sessions as FBI director. <laughs> and I stared at it for a solid 30 seconds trying to figure out what was going on. But yeah. Yeah. So so it, there is some precedent, very limited precedent, he can do it. It's There's nothing in the law that prevents the president from firing the FBI director. I also have seen on Twitter people suggesting, well, he can only do it for cause. What's the cause here? He doesn't actually need cause. It's not like he has to justify to Congress or to anybody else, hey, this is why I did it, you know, accept my reason. So legally, he can do this. No judge is going to stop him. Politically, you know, this is damaging to him. I think you see Republicans now intensifying their calls for some kind of independent investigative authority. There are consequences to firing the FBI director in the midst of an investigation that touches people in your orbit. I mean, the worst of those would be like impeachment. I don't think we're anywhere close to that. But there are political consequences to doing what he did. FBI directors are appointed to 10-year terms because they're supposed to be independent. You know, they're inside the Justice Department, but they're supposed to enjoy a measure of independence because they do all this serious investigating. Jim Comey was appointed in 2013, so he's, what, four years into his term. He had a long way to go. This, The president can do this, but this is very unusual. Mm-hmm. And so what happens next in terms of President Trump appointing a new FBI director? Who is a good choice for that? What does that look like? Well, today, the thing that happened in the immediate term is the deputy director, a guy named Andrew McCabe, just took over. And that was kind of an automatic process. He was second in command of the FBI, and now he moves to being first in command. Today, the Justice Department is interviewing people, including Andrew McCabe, to take over that spot on an interim basis. They could just leave him in there, but he was involved in the Clinton stuff pretty dramatically, too. And maybe, maybe they would want to move in a new direction. In the long term, President Trump will get to pick the FBI director. I haven't heard, I mean, I've heard some names floated, a couple former deputy attorney generals, Larry Thompson, Mark Phillip. I've seen rumors about Chris Christie and Rudy Giuliani, who are um, people with law enforcement experience in Trump's orbit. They would be pretty controversial choices, I would say. Um, But I, I haven't heard anything really conclusively on those fronts. No matter who he picks almost, I think it's going to be controversial. You know, that person's confirmation hearing is going to be just explosive because people are going to say, well, you handpicked a person who is going to um, impact this investigation that touches your orbit and maybe touches you. So, um, you know, the president's in in a little bit of a tough spot right now. Yeah. So these are largely the questions that we have somewhat answers to at this point. But what are the unanswered questions here? What are you looking into? I think the biggest thing is what is happening with that Russia investigation right now and what has happened in recent weeks? Like, is there some precipitating factor there that might have played into the calculus here? Even though they say the calculus is Clinton related, you know, Jim Comey really messed up the Clinton investigation. And I should say that that really isn't in that much of dispute. I mean, Jim Comey is probably one of the few people on earth who believes that he handled that exactly the correct way. But 
we wonder, like, is there an ulterior motive? You know, was something happening in the Russia investigation that President Trump thought he could shut down by getting rid of his FBI director? So we're, we're trying to report out what's happening there. We're also trying to report out how exactly this thing went down timing-wise. You know, did Rod Rosenstein months ago say, Jim Comey's got to go as soon as I get on board, let's make it happen? Did the White House put any pressure on him to make this happen, to come up with these reasons? So that's another question we're looking at into how exactly, how and on what sort of timeline did this all transpire? Great. So for Friday's episode, we're going to try to answer these questions. We'll compare this moment to historical precedent, and we're going to take a deeper look at developments in this story over the rest of the week. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Zapp. You'll find him there, or you can follow me, Allison Michaels, at Allison Mikes. If you guys like Can He Do That, subscribe, review us on Apple Podcasts, and most importantly, keep listening. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's put together by the amazing producer Carol Alderman, with design direction by Rachel Orr, and logo art from Loren Boglio.